This is episode 23 with Warren Whitlock. Welcome to the Apitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. What's up, everybody? Hope everybody's having a great day, a great week, great month, great life. Today, we have Warren Whitlock on. Warren is number eight in Forbes' top 50 social media power influencers. Warren and I met actually on Twitter, despite the fact that we were both at South by Southwest Venture to Venture last year. Warren and I talk today about how to use Twitter in a way for your business. Now, people think that Twitter is just a place to go on and be like, I had soup today and see if anybody really listens or cares. But as a business platform, Twitter is really powerful. Why? Because you can interact with your clients. One things I, one of the things I talk about when talking about social media in, in terms of capitalizing is using Twitter as your communications platform. You can learn about your customers, you can listen to your customers, and you can respond to your customers in real time. This is huge for us, especially in this day and age. If this were 20 years ago, you would have to wait for someone to get mad at your product, maybe write you a letter, wait for it in the mail, and then write back to them with either a we're sorry or here's a new version of our product or whatever it is. But now, thanks to Twitter, someone can hit you up real quick and you can respond to them just as fast and get them the answer they need almost instantaneously. So Warren has some really good tips and tricks on how to use Twitter properly. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of his three stages of Twitter acceptance, which you'll hear a little later. And if you're not using Twitter for your business, you really need to reconsider it because Twitter is one of those powerhouse platforms that's going to be around for a while. Um, whether it's still in the inclination that it is now like a version of what it is now or if in the future it changes up but it's still going to be the baseline of it is still going to be the same and for a business as an entrepreneur or even as a big business you need to use twitter to really get out there to your people so take a listen to today's episode with warren whitlock what's up everybody i'm really excited about today's program we have warren whitlock who is on forbes Top 50 social media power influencers. He's number eight. So eight out of 50. That's huge. Uh, author of the first book on t- about Twitter back in 2008. Serial entrepreneur. We like to call him an elegant hacker. Warren, how are you today? Hey, thank you. That was, thanks for saying such nice things about me. You kind of said them about yourself. I just read them from a cue card. It's cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, the, the check's in the mail. Oh, good. Uh, so Warren, the reason I want to bring Warren on today, guys, is Warren is huge in the Twitter space. Um, and if you're not on Twitter with your product, you might as well not have a product. Let's be honest. And I wanted to talk to you today, Warren, about how entrepreneurs and startups can use Twitter to benefit them. And I also want to talk a little bit about like uh, digital, dig- more digital marketing outside of like social media Um and some growth hacking techniques and stuff like that. So you wrote the first book about Twitter back in 2008, I think before anybody even knew that Twitter like was like a thing then. Um, Because I remember I started my first company as an Apple consultant back in 2008 and I never even heard of Twitter until maybe 2010. 
So, mm-hmm. like, what was happening on Twitter back then? Was it just people telling everyone that they had, like, soup for lunch? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. I looked at Twitter like I think almost everybody does. Uh, and I call it the three stages, stages of Twitter acceptance. Um, and it, it applies to more than just Twitter, but let's start with Twitter. The first thing that happens is you take a look at it and you say, why, why would anyone care what somebody else had for breakfast? And uh, to your question, that's exactly how everybody looks at it at first. And what we don't know about is that when you go to a restaurant and you're hearing people at the next table talking, one, you probably don't want to hear them. But then if you can hear the conversation, you're going like, these idiots, what are they talking about? I couldn't care less because it's not your conversation. You talk to your friend over lunch, you're going to talk about all sorts of nonsense. Uh, let's say you sit down to somebody in a, in a plane and you strike up a conversation. The first thing somebody's going to ask is where you're coming from, where you're going to, how, how was the weather there? And you know, nobody really cares about that stuff. That's just bonding language. So it is, there's a lot of nonsense, but that's how humans communicate. So that's stage one. And we quickly go to stage two, which is how do I monetize this? How can I, you know, there's something here I've heard, especially back when I wrote this in, you know, 2008, 2009, uh, it was a blog post back, I think in early 2009, when I said, you know, it's, uh, it's, everybody's trying to figure out, I got to get on here, reserve my name, be the first in my industry that's on. Uh, there was a lot of people doing that. And I said to them, I said, this doesn't matter today. It's the same thing as you just said, you know, if you got a product, you got to be, you got to be on, on Twitter. Um, I say it a little bit differently as if you're a human being, you've got to know that there are people on Twitter. You don't have to use Twitter, but if you're going to use it, you're using it to connect with humans. And they either are humans that can help you get your, make your product into a reality or, or help do whatever. And then we get to the third stage of, of Twitter, which is how did I live without this? And that's where I've been since, you know, it took me a couple of months, actually. I joined in 2007, uh, was trying to post URLs that I wanted people to go to, uh, increase my blog. I read a, a post that somebody said that they got, you know, 50 more views on their blog post every day because they, they tweeted it. And I just didn't see that happening. And my, and my first Twitter name was, my handle was a, was keywords that I was trying to rank for. And, uh, you know, I took that approach. I went right into the stage two of trying to figure out what to do with it, gave up and said, I don't know about this. And then I'm on there one day and I read Guy Kawasaki a- asking a question and I answered the question and he responded nice or whatever. And I go like, I could talk to Guy Kawasaki. I don't want to be some guy with keywords or product name in, in here. I want to be me. I, I want to know Guy Kawasaki. And so I changed my name properly. It wasn't much after that that I found out that, you know, there was no books on Twitter. I had been promoting books and authors and turning them into bestsellers. So uh, I said, that's what, you know, that's what I'll do. I'll just write a book. And we had the book done. Uh, we actually could have got the book out even months before we did. But we had so much fun doing it and talking about it on Twitter. We found out that other people wanted to talk about it. Other people wanted to be interviewed. Just went on and on and on from there. And so today, when I take on a new client or a new topic or care about something, I ask a question on Twitter and people respond. But even better, I go searching for people who are asking questions about it and answer their question. And so I'm, I'm currently, as we record this, one of the top names talking about Ebola 
Why? Because I cared about it. I care about what's going on in Africa and 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 all that. Uh, you know, the health conditions and how we can bring bring the whole continent up and how you know everything from mobile technology to uh, you know different attitudes about how we treat people instead of just throwing money at poverty. Um, and uh, you know, help write a book last year about it. So something I care about. And I found out that when Ebola hit the United States and they talked about it, everybody had these wild misconceptions about, you know, Ebola. And I started answering questions, found good articles. I did spend hours reading about Ebola. It's something I care about. But it didn't take very long, and people knew they could ask me a question, and I was going to answer. Doesn't put any money in my pocket to, to talk about Ebola, but it, it connects me with people. And then they remember that. And isn't, you know, relationships what it's all about? So, I mean, wow, that's like powerful. So a couple things. One, uh, you spoke to Guy Kawasaki. My favorite person to try to talk to is Elon Musk. And mm -hmm. I remember he tweeted something about the new Tesla. This is a couple of years ago. He was talking about the new, the, the current Roadster, not the auto driving one. Mm -hmm. And I tweeted at him being like, hey, do you think you could send one to me so I can like beta test it or whatever it was and he wrote yeah. back and he wrote sure and i was so excited and i like I, got, I could talk to elon musk and i took a picture of it and i sent it to my wife and then later that day i went to go look for his tweet again he deleted it <laughs> He because <deleted laughs> <laughs> i'm sure someone in the legal department was like we can't send this kid a car um but yeah it really it, it does give you a chance if you do it correctly you get a chance to get in front of these celebrities or I mean, they're not all celebrities. Elon Musk is a celebrity to me, but yeah, you get you get a chance to get in front of people that you wouldn't normally be able to get a chance of being in front of, i.e. me being in front of you and maybe some of the appetalizers being able to tweet to me. Um, and it well, allows... Actually, it, it even goes farther than that. It's not just the famous. When I get to talk to somebody who owns a small business in Spain, that's somebody I wouldn't get in front of if I wasn't active in, in this social networking type of stuff. Right. And he's going to have an insight that's different to the world than anything else. I tell you right now, you know, I've talked to a couple of business people in Spain and can't feel I've really learned much of anything. But So that's maybe a poor example. But <laughs> what, what they learn really quickly is that I care enough to talk to them. Right. Uh, and that I care enough to take their questions seriously and find an answer. So the reputation I build on Twitter, and I suggest everybody look at it, part of what they do, is to be a person that can answer the question. So you mentioned that you know Elon Musk answered you. I find it it's better when I can answer his question. Right. And um, you know, and that's and that's possible. And then not necessarily a famous person because in the in the as you describe, for whatever reason, the tweet got deleted. That relationship doesn't go anywhere. I mean, it was. A lot of fun. Love the story. I may, I may steal it. But, um, <laughs> but, the, but uh, you know, how about the guy who's struggling to uh, start a business and, you, and he asks a question and you give him an answer, he's going to remember that, right. you, that you answered that. I really like um, the concept of inception. Uh, and, of course, there's the movie that helps us think about it. Uh, where they go into dreams and do all sorts of crazy stuff, and it's Hollywood. But the the one thing that's from that movie that uh, is just you don't even have to watch the movie to get is that every idea come has a moment when it first happened. Because you know we remember you know you met your wife and what day that was and where that was and what happened and you remember that moment forever where you were when the space shuttle crashed. You know um, 
something like that. We remember moments like that, uh, what it was like to, to finally graduate. Um, you know, and we build up some of them. We don't build up some of the other ones, birth of a child, you know, and those are great things. Well, that's true of every single idea that happened. So if I, if I present to you like the right way to search on Twitter today, hopefully you're going to remember that and you're going to someday be teaching it to somebody or sharing it with somebody or using it in some way. And, and you'll think fondly of me. You may never even t- remember that it was me or it was that crazy Twitter guy that you know, got interviewed by Justin one time. Um, you, you, who cares? Is that I've helped make the world a better place. And uh, the majority of people will remember that it was me saying it. And uh, so, uh, so if, if you'd like, I'll tell you how to do the perfect Twitter search. I do, but I want I want to touch on one more thing before we go to the search. Oh, go thing. ahead. Talking about answering questions, um, James Altiger does this, and I kind of stole it for a little while. Where I used to do a weekly Q and A, and I would answer questions for people about uh-huh. any topic, and like it was great. I felt one. I personally felt great helping people and answering questions and and trying to get things done. I just ran out of time, and that's why I I stop mm-hmm. um and it's been something i've been wanting to like bring back but the the feeling that it's a two-way thing because it's it's one the feeling for me and again i'm a little egotistical so it's all about me but um <laughs> the feeling i get i'm helping other entrepreneurs and other people who have questions i mean a lot of the times the questions weren't even people that were entrepreneurs they were because i'm in the very active in the apple community there were like a lot of mac admins they would ask questions and stuff like that um and two they're they're being touched in a way where somebody's caring about them enough to answer their question and give them the insight that they're looking for, or give them the answer that they that they so desperately need in order to carry on with whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, well, you really hit on it right there. They're going to remember that you help them a lot more than that piece of information. Right. And and isn't that really what we want to have? So, you know, the, I, I love using, my default is dry cleaning, you know. A, a dry cleaner can go on Twitter and answer questions about getting out stains, but what and it and you know people used to ask, especially early on, it was, well, how can I do that? Twitter's global, and my you know I only do a five mile radius where all my customers are. Yeah, but the people who see what you're doing see that you're helpful worldwide, and that's that's so much more important than whether or not you have a special on pants, right? And and so, and actually it leads right in, I'll use it as a cue to tell my, my search story, okay. uh, which really wasn't search when it started. It was uh, when I was on and I was finding out that I could talk to Guy Kawasaki and Robert Scoble was, a, was an early person I talked to. And, uh, you know, they're all experimenting and trying things because it's new. Um, and uh, I decided, well, I'm going to go to the Affiliate Summit event when it was when it was here in uh in las vegas for um in january of every year and so you know january 2008 i look on there and i said well who's speaking and they had a they thought they were pretty clever they'd added some twitter handles i had to look up the rest but there's you know 50 speakers and i i'm experimenting so i spent you know an hour looking up people's twitter handles and find out what their blog was and i said instead of just going for you know walking through and hoping I'm going to sit in some session and get some gem that's going to suddenly make my life a lot easier. I want to meet some people. And who do I want to meet? Let's start with the speakers because they are the ones that were listed. They had a list of attendees. I might have tried that. And Stephanie Agresta was there. She was a digital PR person. 
And that's why I followed her is because she was on that list. Um, you know, she worked for a big company in New York City, and I looked at her profile, and I remember her in particular, among others, was they were talking things about where, what, what event was happening in Manhattan, who was going to be there. Uh, they were working with this client. Stuff I just didn't care about at all. I'm going, well, it's one of the speakers. I'll try. Never met her, never had an exchange with her. Nothing happened. About a month later, she posts, uh, asking a question about whether her new MacBook cover was washable. And it, it had the material in it. Well, you know, I did run a um, support company um, for 17 years doing uh, hardware repair and um, uh, supplies for laser printers. So I'm used to answering questions like this. It's no, no problem at all. The right answer is you Google it. You know, so I grabbed the keywords. I put it into Google. I, it took this looking at two sites. So, you know, elapsed time 10 seconds, right. and I had the right answer. Yes, her, her, her cover was washable. So I posted an answer to, to, you know, a reply to her tweet that said, yes, uh, it had the URL, and uh, did you know you could Google this? This is what I used to say on tech support calls all the time, or in an email, or however I was handling it. And, um, and I thought that was the end of it. I didn't even realize, you know, who I was doing it for or trying to build a relationship or any ulterior motive. If I'd, if I'd have thought of any of that, I wouldn't have bothered with Stephanie. I, you know, it's just another person there. But I answered the question, and within seconds, she replied to my, you know, yes, did you know you could find it on Google? And it said, of course, but this is more fun. Hmm. And I literally slapped my forehead at that time and said, that's it. That, that is what Twitter is all about. We were having a conversation. And, uh, you know, that is the only time we ever talked uh, until years later, we happened to be on a panel together. I told her the story and she insisted I tell it to everybody because it made her look good. She <laughs> taught me how to use Twitter. Um, <laughs> and so I've been using your name ever since to, to honor her for being the person that taught me that. Uh, does she rank? It, does she rank in the in the top fifty? I don't think so. Yeah, it's not what she. It's not what she does. She's right. uh, you know giving corporate, and I think, I think uh, you know she changed, had lifestyle change, or got married, or did whatever, and you know it went a different direction. But for all I know, she could be a big big executive in in Manhattan. I just haven't looked her up in five years. Right. But um, but the the point is that it's that one little thing that we had there that you know that moment where I helped a person, and it's not just that I wasn't trying to impress Stephanie Agrest at the time. It's that everybody who was following me could have seen that, and so every time you do something nice for somebody, it it shows. Because there's going to be someone else who's going to ask whether or not their MacBook case is washable, and they're just going to be able to. Well, yeah, and we could get all into the hashtags and the searches and what people are looking for, which is why I always bring up search and like to tell the story. Another thing I care absolutely nothing about, and there's a reason I have to tell you this, uh, is sushi, and I've never been to Cincinnati. Okay. But I used those two together one time. To find the best sushi in Cincinnati. And people liked it, because I was teaching how to do search. A common question I used to get is, how can you search on Twitter? You used to have to go to... Uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember the name of the company. And then Twitter bought them and it became search.twitter.com. And now there's a search bar on every page. And, uh, and especially with advanced search, it's amazing what you can search for and it's real time. That's the point. So I put in sushi space, Cincinnati, 
space question mark, or it's a thing you can tick off on advanced search. But you put a, a question mark by itself, uh, you know, surrounded by spaces, like it, like it's a word, and you get nothing but questions. And if you put Sushi Cincinnati in a question mark right now, you're going to get some kind of, um, um, you know, list of people asking questions, and the tweet contains those two words. If anyone's, may li- be a sushi re- if anyone's listening right now, you can hear my keyboard because I'm, I'm going to try this right now. I'm going to. Okay, good. So you uh, want me to do the advanced? It's advance- been a while since I've tried it. So Wait, I'll- do you want me to do the advanced search or just a regular search? You can do regular search and it'll work. That's the syntax. That's advanced search syntax, but right, you're putting so it in the regular box. Since I have to learn how to spell Cincinnati. <laughs> I'm going to Google this one. Cincinnati. Oh, I was close. <laughs> Cincinnati question, space question mark search. Here okay. we go. Uh, Did you get any results? I got okay. I got, I got a lot of results. Let's Did you get see. okay? Look at the times on the results and how far back do you have to go in to to get you know five or ten. Um. Well, you're not gonna like this. The the oh, wait, I'm looking at top. Let me go to all. Okay, here we go. All. Um. November 9th. November 9th? Yep. Wow. Then, I, I better come up with some other words. Yeah. And then November fourth. Which someone said, I just had the best night, best sushi of my life last night. Oh, okay. And I just yeah, moved and you to know Cincinnati. What? You're, you're right. I've been getting lazy at how I describe this and describing two things in the same story. Take the question mark off and look at it and look at the time okay. that people are talking about sushi in Cincinnati. Sushi Cincinnati. There we go. 19 hours ago, yeah. somebody checked in on Swarm. Um, 20 hours ago, somebody mentioned, thanks for eating sushi at our party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the question mark gets people that are ans- asking questions, questions, and you can right, answer right, right, them. Right. And and um, yeah, time for a new example, man. I did this once. A uh, hundred people were on a live call, and I got asked that question. They didn't say something about about how um, you know I don't like sushi. I, I wasn't looking for a recommendation for myself. I had five people on that call go on Twitter and make a recommendation. Right. Um, and, then, and then people, that was rolling on more conversation. So now I always tell people, be, you know, careful there. I have done things like somebody said they were in um, Puerto Rico and were looking for a good Italian restaurant. What? And I found one and answered the question. Um, that's and of course, a, the, I don't one of want. the things that's changed is back when I started doing this, we didn't have Yelp. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say that you don't have Italian restaurants in Puerto Rico. That was yeah, they uh, they do. I yeah. remember that they do. So, uh, but I know nothing about them. Um, and and so it and of course the idea is to demonstrate that you can find somebody talking about just anything at all. And uh, you know I'm not going to check to whether or not it would work better if we spelled Cincinnati differently or all the different things we could do uh, geographical base searched and. There's a whole lot of ways to do it because, you know, maybe people abbreviate Cincinnati. Right. Um, again, I've never been to Cincinnati. I don't even know. Um, okay, so let me uh, ask you a question, though. So if these – we have entrepreneurs who are listening to this show. Right. Should they be using the search thing to be what, – what should they be searching for in exactly. regard to their business? Oh, you 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 asked the perfect question. That's don't what I don't look this up on Twitter and answer me. I'm asking you live right no. now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, whatever it is that you care about, put in those words, the keywords. Not the keywords you get from your SEO manual on how to generate keywords and things like that, but when you're trying to solve somebody's problem, what are they going to be searching for? This is a good exercise for anybody. You know, if somebody wants an app, they don't go look for, you know, 
driving apps that expect to get something for golf, but it's really for their car. You know, and that's not what, you know, that stuff's out there, but really what, why would somebody be searching for a driving app? Right. You know, do they want a self-driving car? Do they want to, you know, do they care about GPS system? What it is, and then play with the keywords and, and, and within, you know, five minutes of playing with different keywords and searches in here with and without the question mark, uh, and some of the other things you can check off in advanced search, you're going to find something that's interesting and, and you can read the flow. I, I usually find that I do that and get a little bit frustrated that I don't quite have it right. And then I'll start following that keyword. Uh, Bitcoin comes to mind. A year ago, I was totally ambivalent about Bitcoin. And I talked to a, a local guy who is, uh, you know, he's got a Bitcoin angels. They do nothing but invest in startups around Bitcoins. Well, that's fascinating in and of itself. So we had dinner. We talked about it one time. And I started following Bitcoin. I found out there's some fascinating news happening about what people are doing to develop that. A lot of misconceptions, just like the Ebola story. And there's also some investment opportunity. Uh, you know, I, I, for one, don't believe in, like, changing your money into Bitcoin and holding it, hoping it's going to go up, um, so, which is what gets all the news stories. Investing in companies that are working on this and solving problems. And in my case, how somebody in Uganda can sell me something and not have to pay usurious exchange rates to get the money, I find it's a, a fascinating subject. So I started following Bitcoin. It didn't take very long, and I found out there is a leading Bitcoin newsletter and blog site, and not necessarily the first one that I found, um, and that there are people who'd like to talk about it, and if I post with the hashtag, Bitcoin will always answer me. And, you know, and, I, and I got interested, and I found out there were some minor things that were different that if I use the right keywords, I'm going to get. Um, and, and I didn't start off looking for Bitcoin. I was, start, I was searching for something else that day. And so when you're looking for how to pivot, how to present yourself to people, things like that, you can try things on Twitter. I can try 20 different tweets, you know, today and, and find out what people respond to and keep track of that. And it'll affect how I'm going to have conversations tomorrow. But more important than me just tweeting about it is using the search and the, and the sorting and the columns in various uh, software programs. That, that then will allow me to follow what people are saying about a topic and, and what's important. What are the thought leaders saying about that? And there's two things you can do when you know you've got a thought leader. So you're a thought leader on, you know, startups and entrepreneurs. And if I find you and I want to, I want to get, get, you, get uh, attention from you, well, first thing I'm going to do is I find out you've got a podcast. I'm going to ask to be a guest on the podcast. Um, or promote your promote a favorite episode of the podcast, so you so I get your attention. And uh, and but why not go a little bit farther than that? I I'll bet if I started digging, I'll find out what charities you like best, what what pets you like best, what sport teams you like best, and at some point I'll find some kind of connection. And and we can either strike up a conversation of that, or more important, and find out who you're following and what you're interested in there. So. Let's say you you know you like dogs and you buy and you and you buy all your pet food online at a at a favorite uh, pet supplier. Um, excuse me, I just barely got off of a call with my pet no. supplier client. <laughs> um, and, and you have a and you have a conversation and and I go like, well, that's great. You know, I shop there too. Uh, or you know, I, I I find it troubling that that dog parks are in, are having these rules or that you know we give more money to a shelter or. There's a um, crowdfunding campaign for some 
charity that you like, and I go and give them a dollar. You know, anything like that that like gets attention in doing whatever it is, and and it's natural. It's me. If I like dogs, that's fine. If I hate dogs, I'm not going to pick dogs. I may pick your favorite sports team. And we start building a relationship that's multifaceted instead of just, hi, can you do something for me? So... Right. It, and that, that, and that always, but that always like, inv- right. Because this is what I was talking about earlier, where that invokes the other person, because if you just ask someone to do something, they have to feel that there's some value there. Right. If I just straight up said to you like, Hey, can I have you on my podcast? And you didn't know me and we weren't already talking on Twitter, you would probably just pass it by or whatever it is. But because we've already had a, a, a pre-established relationship based on whatever it was whether it's if you were interested in being on my podcast and looking me up or i was interested in interviewing you and looking you up getting that initial connection makes that transition a lot easier my normal my normal invitation to be on my podcast is going to be something like hey i just noticed you haven't been on my podcast yet when are we going to do that right (laughs) It's, it's an assumption that they want to be at that point because i know the person well enough right and it makes it a whole lot easier to do business that way. And by the way, I'm talking about all these like detours and oblique ways to get to somebody. I'm not talking about spending all day on this. This is the same thing I did when, when I was in sales and I walked in back in the day when they had reception. I walk into the reception. I talk to the person. I find out she's interested in something. I notice she's got flowers on her desk and say, oh, you got flowers. You know, I'm being a nice person. That's all I'm doing. I mean, it takes 10 seconds. Uh, and then you're then when you um, have, have established any kind of a rapport, the next question works better. I also experimented with those back in the day. When we went door to door in any kind of business, we never went asking for the person who buys blah blah blah. Always right. went in back and it says, uh, you know, like uh, well, when we were selling uh, laser printer toner cartridges, we would walk into a place and ask them whether or not the business uses laser printers. And <laughs> you know what it's like. Well, yeah, you know, they either do or they don't. It was a very simple question. And uh, can you tell me the name of the person that would buy the supplies for that printer? And they'd give us the name. And okay. And most times we'd ask whether or not they were in at that point. Well, and now at that point, the receptionist knows who you're ta- what you're talking about. And so that was in the old days. Door, I wouldn't suggest anybody go door to door doing that anymore. Now it's like, Who's shopping for that? Who's searching for that? And we use the same kind of thing. And we get lazy about the idea that we ought to develop a rapport with people. And uh, building a rapport is so much more important. And we're talking about a mere second because your competition isn't doing that. Right. And if you build uh, before a rapport, I ever ask a venture capitalist for money, I'm going to build up some kind of rapport. Right. And my favorite guy right now wants to move to Las Vegas and would love to hear about more deals that are happening in Las Vegas. So when we talk, that's the only thing we talk about. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about my ultimate dream, which is to open my own hotel casino in Las Vegas later. But okay, <laughs> um, but no, but building. Rapport, I know who I, I I hook you up with. Oh well, <laughs> well then then you and I need to talk about this. Um, but no, but building a rapport. I mean, here's the thing: what a lot of people don't realize is that if you're if you're creating a company that's going to create a product, not a service, a product, you still need to build a rapport with the person, the people that are bu- buying it from you, because if you think to yourself, my goal is to make $200,000, $500,000, million, and all your goal is to just sell, 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 get it out, what you're, what you're missing is, one, 
as soon as you sell and you leave that person behind, you're missing all of that extra business that you can get from them. And while you think to yourself, well, they already bought the product, there's no extra business. How about the fact that they can become an ambassador of your product and go tell other people, but they'll only do that if they like you. And, yeah. and that's what this rapport is. Now, in a service business, it's a little bit different, right? So my day job, I'm an Apple consultant. I know about the families of pretty much all of my clients. I under, I know when they're going on vacation. I know about their boyfriends and girlfriends and kids and and plays and, and everything, whether it's all the way from like the receptionist, secretary, office assistant, all the way to CEO. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm only there to fix their Mac, right? I'm not, I don't walk in there and I don't, I don't say, all right, what's broken. I start off with, how are you? How's your insert significant other's name here? How are the kids? Are you doing anything fun this weekend? Whatever it is. And then that way, one, it loosens them up and it lets them be more open with me. And then when we start talking about their problems, they don't feel like it's, I'm there and interrupting them or causing a problem. It allows them to just feel more comfortable and confident with me. So when I do take care of the problem, not only have I solved their problem, I've also made them happy. And now that's two points for happiness in my favor. Right. Well, you're talking about the right kind of analysis on this that we ought to be taking. A look. And this is just if we're going to try to get, you know, die hard. We're going to be analytical, technical kind of people looking at this and hacking it. Right. You do these kind of things and it works. You remember. So if you've got Asperger's syndrome. And when somebody walks into the room, you, 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 yourself, you don't want to be interrupted and they're a nuisance and whatever like that. And that's how you feel. And that's me in a lot of cases, you know, just ask my wife, she'll say, well, you're, you, you definitely got that. Um, and even though I'm known to be this personable guy in social media, um, and what she just says, oh, you got a gift for gab too. Um, and well, there's some of you us, know, you're never that, a prophet in your own home. Um, but anyway, um, uh, that's we're thinking we say okay well how are you today and you get the idea that it's you know plastic and nothing but people still feel good that you say how are you today right which i think is a ridiculous thing to start a conversation with but you know i don't have anything better so i use it myself <laughs> fine how are you right. you know and that's that nonsense language that we're talking about right. and let's go a little bit deeper though and talk about what do humans really care about when you t- talk about your um you know, one of your listeners comes in and say, but all I want to do is make the next $500,000. No, that's just not true. There's no human being that wants $500,000 so they can say they have $500,000. If one, you will never be satisfied if you're going after the money. You'll always want more. Um, and, and two, there's some reason you want that. You want to build the hotel casino. You want to, you want to take off your uh, day job and spend more time on your dream. You want to you know, hold your child more often. Whatever it is, you have things you want that are not counted in dollars and cents. So let's get rid of the illusion that you're, you know, that you're inhuman and just a robot making money. And uh, and once we get that, if you think about that, if that's the way you are, isn't that the way every other person is? They have other wants and needs and something where just, uh, you know, boy, if I'm walking d- down a busy street and a, uh, a young woman smiles at me, my day is getting better. It doesn't matter about any of the connection I, or you know who she is or what she's doing or where she's going. I feel good about that. Come to think of it, I'd feel good if you smiled at me when when, when passing in the street. You know, it's a nice thing. Right. Um, it has nothing to do with what you can measure. Just something very small that helps out, and that's how you build rapport with people. And that's why Twitter is great for this. 
and and by the way, you do the same thing on Facebook and on and LinkedIn to a certain extent, and people in, in person. The difference that we're talking about here is that I can talk to a hundred people today on Twitter. Outside of mass broadcasts like we're doing here, there's no other way I can reach that many people. Right. And it's not a two-way conversation unless I do it on Twitter. So, all and it's amazing. I had a friend that went uh, back when you could do this. He figured out the right way to do it, to go from, I had 1,500 followers, he had 500. And I hadn't talked to him in a while. I ran into him in some event. He says, did you see what I've been doing? I said, no. Look at, look at, I said, well, you're not talking to me on Twitter. What's, he had 12,000 followers. I said, how did you do this? And he, you know, it all had to do with mass following people and some stuff that is just, Twitter's fixed all that since now. Since, since then. So we're not talking about his technique. We're just talking about the fact that he did this. And I said, yeah, but do you, how do you talk to all those people? And then I went to his profile page and it was, thank you. That sounds good. Smiley face. It was this, you know, nonsense replies that we say to everybody. And I said, don't people see that you're not, you know, cause they're a really smart intellectual guy. We had conversations even on Twitter. I had to think for a moment with everything he said and what I was going to write, you know, and it's a, smart guy talking about high concepts, but here he is just saying thank you to people. Right. And it hit me. They don't know. When I tell you thank you on Twitter, the whole world doesn't know that I've said thank you a hundred times or two times. They, they just know that you said thank you and everybody likes it. Now, I'm not suggesting you come up with a bot that says thank you to every person. I, I, you really say thank you. You really feel thankful about it. And my favorite one currently is I, I limit myself because of my own integrity uh, to saying you made my day no more than once a day. <laughs> I figure it's, it's legitimate if I use it once a day. And I go looking for a, an excuse to tell a friend that they made my day with something they said. Right, because you would only want was, one person to make your day. Right. They, they, they put in an extra phrase when they say thank you for the retweet. You know, um, and, uh, you're, you know, thank you for the retweet. You're a great guy. And I'm like, well, that feels good. And so I tell him, you made my day right. and I'll do it once a day, but you know, and so I, the idea is I'm trying to keep in it and paying attention to what they say. Think about the relationship. So even in a nod, a smile, a thank you, there is a lot more context going on that we don't, that we don't know how to measure, even if it's in a tweet. Now imagine how when we when we extrapolate and use this in the rest of our life, um, you know, a smile makes a big difference. I've tried it. Uh, this, is, this is the analytical hacker guy in me. I've tried going to a shopping center and smiling at everyone. Um, and then people think you're creepy. <laughs> yeah, well, some do. Some ignore mm -hmm. it. Most mostly ignore it. Uh, don't even. You have to catch their eye and then smile. Um, you know, it's hard to do. Um, and and. And yes, I do occasionally get people saying the, the, the pictures of me looking like, looking like I'm looking around the corner or hiding half my face is some kind of creepy stalker guy. <laughs> um, so I'm, I have to be careful with that because I am, you know, and I'm, I'm an old creepy dude, um, but, <laughs> but actually it works. And my favorite, uh, um, the, you know, my, kind of my closing story to all this is, is Costco. I love going to Costco, Sam's Clubs, any of those kind of places where I do my shopping. When I'm bored working at home and I just need to get out, I will go to the Costco and buy frozen yogurt for $1.35, which I think is the best lunch in all of Las Vegas. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I can't imagine a, more, a bigger treat than saving money, getting to see some people, and, and you know being out of the house for, 
an extra 10 minutes. Right. And I go to the Costco and I do that. I invariably decide that I'm going to go check to see what free demo food they have. And then I probably spend $100 just because it's Costco. And, and, and I consider myself blessed if I get out of there without spending $100. Yeah. If I don't need anything, I spend $100. Yeah. But um, the, what I did differently is I used to be located across the street from a Costco. And we did all our shopping there. We bought business stuff. We bought, you know, we had a big family, everything. We were always going to Costco. And so, and I just, when they first opened up, I just hated the idea that I had to have my receipt audited. You know, right. so the person at the, uh, at the, uh, the gate going out had to, and I had to stand in line. I hate standing in line. About 10 years ago, I came up with the idea that this is an important thing to, to help people have a better day. So I made it my goal to make that person smile. And there is not a whole lot of things you can do. I've tried them all. Um, <laughs> you only have a couple of seconds. You need to say a line that makes them smile. Uh, it can't really be a joke because they, they don't get the idea that you're telling them a joke. Uh, it could be something about having a nice day. And really what works is thank you and um, you're sure good at your job. Um, um, maybe something about the weather. Although I'm in Las Vegas, people don't like to hear that it's hot. <laughs> it's just not the thing to lead with. Oh, you're in Vegas. It must be hot. Uh, yeah. I've learned that when somebody tweets that to me, that's an opening of a conversation and they don't know better. Um, so it's okay if you want to say, hey, you're in Vegas. It's hot to me. But to much people in general, no, don't do that. And, and just what I could do to say, like, you know, it's, uh, you're shifting in soon. You, you, you know, you're, you're sure looking chipper for somebody that's been standing there for eight hours. Something like that. I try to read their name tag and use their name. Apparently, I'm not the only person to do that because that doesn't really work too well. Um, and, uh, but whatever it is, and I walk out, once they smile, my day is better. I, and it's a sincere thank you at that point because now they've, uh, uh, they've you know, done their job. I'm thinking about that instead of how much I hate standing in line. And I'm walking out, pushing my cart out to the, to the car where, you know, where I've bought a, bought a new TV when I went for frozen yogurt and, <laughs> and loading up and just thinking like what the world's a great place. There's nice people everywhere. And the same thing works with, you know, people that take care of you at a hotel or a, at an airline. Cause you know, those people are always in a bad mood. Taxi cab drivers, every public employee that I can that I can touch their life, I try to. I don't do it every time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not some you know motivational feel good guy that's going to tell you to do this. I probably only do it about ten percent of the time. But when I'm on my game and I'm trying to do that, nothing makes me feel better. And that's the attitude I take when I'm on Twitter or any social media, or for that matter, if you send me an email. That's what I'm trying to do. And so. By the way, if you've tweeted to me and I've answered you with some smart-ass answer, then, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't, you know, that's me. That's normal. Uh, but most of the time, I'm going to be, a, you know, a nice, a nice guy that's just going to do my best to make the world a better place. And if you're doing that, you, you're building rapport. Then when it comes time to say, hey, do you know where I could do this? It's great. When you've done a favor for somebody, reciprocity kicks in, and they have to help you. Uh, a study recently, somebody sent out 500 Christmas cards to random strangers, and they had a huge number of them send back a Christmas card. So right. think about that. You, right. All you have to do is send a holiday greeting out to people, and they're going to respond with 
in, in kind with the same thing. It's so easy to build rapport. Why aren't we doing it all the time? And, you know, if you need to hack it and keep stats on it, it's going to pay off. But more importantly, it's just a better way to live life. And it's a, as Stephanie Agresta said, it's a lot more fun. There you go. It is a lot more fun. Warren, such powerful stuff. Thanks for being here with us. Um, where can where can people find you online? Well, I have I happen to own the domain warrenwhitlock.com. So there's things there. I have a, a I put notes about my podcast and what I'm doing at dailywarren.com. But uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. There's you know I'm Daily Warren or Warren Whitlock at everything. Okay. And you can you you might be able to find a few hundred thousand entries if you Google me. Right. Yeah. Or ask my friend Justin. <laughs> or ask me, and I'll put you into his Twitter account. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. It's hot in Vegas, huh? Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Warren. It was great having you on. And, and for the listeners, you can see really like what it's about. Twitter's about listening and answering questions, getting information, and being involved with your customers. Now, whether or not you answer questions specifically about your product or, or anyone else's products, that's up to you. I personally feel that if you're going to be on Twitter and active, depending on what you're doing, there's no reason why you can't answer questions about your product and about your competitors' products or even you know products that are not even in your realm, only so that way you can people can realize that you're a trusted resource. There's a reason why people that are on Twitter are in this top 50. They're a trusted resource for answers and whatever it is. And while, yes, it does take only a couple seconds to Google sometimes, doing it on Twitter is quicker because you can ask in a more human way and get more human answers. So like I said in the beginning, guys, if you have a business, you're starting your business, get on Twitter, follow a couple people, ask questions, see what it's about. It's it, it's free, so it's just a matter of time. And you don't need to be on Twitter 24 hours a day. A lot of people have this misconception that if you're on Twitter, you got to be always on it all the time. And, and while you can be, I am, you don't have to be. Um, you just have to know when and how to post. And we'll talk about that in a later episode. But just get a feeling of what's out there. So that's today's episode. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And I hope everybody has a great week. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked the episode or any of our episodes, please do leave a review in the iTunes store under our podcast. If you're listening on Stitcher or on uh, Podbean, do go to the iTunes store and just search Appleize on your idea of the podcast and leave a review. I really do appreciate it. And keep sending me questions and comments, whether on the iTunes review or leave a comment in the post or send me an email, justin at justinescar.com. So I'm always here for you guys in case you have any questions about how to run your business or if you're stuck in something like that. So hope everybody has a great week. Keep up the great work and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you.